This is KMTT. Kimitzion Titzei Torah. And on Mondays in Cholesh Elul of this year, Tashin Samachtet, we're getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. Uh, we're going to have Harav Moshe Taragin, who will be giving a weekly shir on the Tefilot of the Amim Noraim. The previous shir discussed the theme of Malchios, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's monarchy, and the Pesukim of Malchios that articulate and elaborate that theme in the section of Musaf. But there are two additional sections of Musaf, two additional sets of ten Pesukim, and two additional themes which are latent in the Shofar, which are elucidated by the Pesukim. The second theme of the three is the theme of Zichronos, or Zichronot, the Day of Memory. The section in Musaf begins with very ominous, very foreboding, very um, frightening descriptions of the Day of Judgment, which is, of course, a Day of Memory. Atazocher, Maseolam, Ufokeid, Kol Yitzirei Kedem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you remember everything that's happened. All creatures. Everything concealed to us is revealed to you. This is the day that people are judged and the memories of their actions and their behavior is recalled. Not only on a personal level, but on a national and global level. Nations are judged. History is determined. Life and death hangs in the balance. Uvrios bo yi pakedu, lehazkiram, lechayim, vilamavas. And the section continues, realizing the grave or the gravitas of this event. Ashrei ish shelo yishkacheka, uven adam yisametzbach. Fortunate is a person who doesn't ignore or forget their bonus shalom. Pasuk, which inevitably brings tears and sadness to us who sometimes forget HaKadosh Baruch But then something very interesting happens. If it really is a day of memory, then we ask, and it's not even just almost a request, it's almost an expectation, we ask HaKadosh Baruch don't just remember our behavior, our actions, our personal record, as pitiable as they may be, but remember all the covenants and all the merits, and all the highlights of Jewish history, and in one instance, even of human history. There's a very impressive string of four or five brisos, of four or five covenants. If it's a day of Zikaron, then we will almost determine the agenda of what we expect HaKadosh Baruch Hu to remember. And it begins, ironically, with a memory that isn't Jewish, and that isn't even part of a bris, but is in many respects even more basic. The Gamas Noach Biava Zacharta Vatifkideo Bidvar Yeshua Virachamim. Hakurish Baruch remembered Noah, Noach, the animals in the ark, the Teva. We quote the Pasak in Noach Vayiskar, of course it employs a language of Zachira of memory, it Noach, Vitkalachaya, Vitkalhabima Shaitoba Teva, Vayaver Elokim Ruachala Aretz, Vayashoku Hamayim. Kodesh Baruch remembered Noach and the animals. 
These people weren't Jewish. The people or the creatures being remembered aren't even human beings. They're animals. What role, what function could this possibly have during the Rosh Hashanah davening? The answer is, it's based a lot on what the Rav described as the role of the shofar. Without elaborating, the Rav claimed that the shofar is an attempt on Rosh Hashanah to divest the human voice, to dispossess ourselves of human convention and sophistication and ambition and presumption, because the human tongue and the human mind are impotent to fully capture the magnitude and sweep of Yom Adin, the infinity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and especially when we deserve nothing of what we ask for. Our only recourse is to disrobe our humanity and replace it with a simple bestial cry for survival. An animal squealing and shrieking for its own life. As if we're telling Hashem, L'cha Hashem hapanim. We don't even have the nerve or the goal to daven. We'll just squeal like an animal. Save us like you save animals. This first passage of Zechronos sets that tone. Kodesh Baruch will mention Brisos. We'll discuss and describe different stages of Jewish history special covenants which you extended. But at the very least, save us as you saved, as you had pity on Noach and his band of animals in that stinking, sweaty teva. There's a very beautiful medrash about Chana who davens in the Haftarah of the first day describes Chana's davening. And she davens Hashem and she says, well, I may not deserve it, but even even rodents, even shratzen have children can replicate and reproduce at least treat me like a sheret. Sometimes it takes our recognition of our undeservedness to excite, to elicit a strong, raw, and primal tefillah. That's why the first pasuk of Zechrano doesn't describe a covenant of Jewish history, but a memory or a interest Hashem takes in creatures of His, all creatures, for their survival and well-being. The second pasuk of Zechronot describes Am Yisrael and Mitzrayim suffering, being exposed to intensified torture and pressure. This is a premature stage of Jewish history. We've yet to receive the Torah. We've yet to enter the land of Israel. The only merit which we possess is the merit of our grandparents, the lives they led, the stories we heard about them, the faith we placed in their legacy, and our desire to be part of the history which they created. So, this is a very gradual and staged process. We don't get too far ahead of ourselves. The second memory we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to recall is the memory of our Avos, as he did to our grandparents in Egypt. The third Pasuk is a Pasuk taken from Bechokotai. The first Tochicha, there are two Tochichos in the Torah, one in Bechokotai, one in Kitavo. The first Tochacha corresponds to the first Galus, Galus light, as we would say, 70 years in a local, a neighboring country, limited in its scope and its intensity. The second Tochacha, Parshas Kisavo, much more nightmarish and grisly, the 2,000 year trek through Galus Edom. And in Parshas Bechokosai, Kadush Baruch Hu redeems us, even if we don't deserve it. That's part of the difference between Galus Babel and, at least according to some opinions, Galus Edom. And Hashem recalls the bris of Avram, the bris of Yitzchak, the bris of Yaakov, the same bris which he recalled in Mitzrayim, but now there's an added element, there's an added component. 
as we see Avraham Eskar, the Haaretz Eskar. I'll also recall the bris, the merit, the covenant, the relationship which was built by your living in Eretz Yisrael. People who are experiencing Parsha Bechukotai, the nation in Golis Bavel have already lived in Eretz Yisrael. So they're not only the beneficiaries of the bris avos, they're also the beneficiaries of bris Eretz Yisrael, the merits of living in Eretz Yisrael. It's a very, very powerful medrash on this Pasuk in Bichlokosai. When the Torah describes the memory of Avraham, the memory of Yaakov, it employs the term Vizacharti. Vizacharti is Brisi Yaakov. Viaf is Brisi Avraham Ezkor. However, when it describes the Bris of Yitzchak, it just mentions Yitzchak directly without the intermediary term or verb Vizacharti or Ezkor. Medrash says, as it were, Hashem has to remember Avraham and Yaakov. But when it comes to Yitzchak, Hashem doesn't have to remember. There's no need for Zechira. Because Yitzchak's ashes are scattered on the Mizbech, and Hashem just glances down at the Mizbech on Har Maria, and He witnesses Yitzchak's ashes. It's as if Yitzchak had been shechted. Obviously he wasn't, but Hashem considers it as if he was, because he was ready and willing to be shechted. Very powerful statement about Yitzchak's Mesiraz Nefesh and willingness to die in Yitzchak's ashes. After all, the primary zechir of the day is Akedas Yitzchak, as evoked by the shofar. And especially in modern times, in the generations succeeding the Holocaust, thinking about the heaps and heaps of ashes, some of which are still strewn across those concentration and death camps in Poland, we have a type of tefillah, almost a demand of HaKadosh Baruch We don't ask you to remember our feats and our heroics, just in the Avraham and Yaakov manner, we ask you just to look down at the suffering which we've endured and to redeem us and to rescue us in the same way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks down at Yitzchak's ashes on the Akedah, on the Mizbech. So that's the third image, the third recall, the third covenant. The first one is the memory of the Behemoths in Nachteva. The second are the Schosavos Hashem recall to the Avos in Mitzrayim. The third is the bris of Avim Yitzchak and Yaakov, and of course, the bris of Eretz Yisrael. There is a fourth layer to the bris we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to remember. It's mentioned as the final pasuk. It's also a pasuk from Bichokotai. It's in the end of the section of Zichronot, a pasuk which is very familiar to us from Slichos. V'zacharti lahem bris vishoni masher atzeis yosam Eretz Mitzrayim. I'll recall the covenant with the original people who left Mitzrayim. Now, here it's unclear from Chazal what covenant this refers to. But in Hashem, in a few minutes I'll mention the role of that first generation that left Mitzrayim in the Rosh Hashanah drama. The second section of Zichronot, the second three psukim, three psukim taken from Tehillim, are three psukim, each of which possesses slightly different or even very different themes. The first psuk in Tehillim, Kufir Aleph, Zecher Asa Lenifl Osav, Chanun Verachom Hashem. Rashi's interpretation of this pasuk, Zecher Asa Lenifl Osav, is that a Jew lives and relives past historical miracles, great epic events in Jewish history. The series of Chagim, primarily the historical Chagim, Sukkot, Pesach, and Shavuos, Chagim which relate to historical events, not cosmological events, these are Chagim which retain the memory, a fine-tuned memory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's intervention, of the love, of the merit which warranted the benefits and privileges we received. 
These are not miracles which visited our people and passed into the annals, into the record books of history, but they're very much alive. Obviously, most primarily on Pesach, Chayiv Adam Lira says, But not just on Pesach, even throughout the course of the year, the other miracles are recalled with great retention, and they play a significant role in our religious identity and consciousness. The second Pasuk, very interesting word. The end of the Pasuk, Yizkar Leolam Brisa, it's taken from Tehillim, Perak Kufir Alf as well, but Taref Nasan Lirev. Again, the literal shot of Taref is food. Hine Alezayis Taref Befia. Kodesh Baruch remembers us and feeds us. Not just historical memory and our role and mission, but Kodesh Baruch Hu Pasech Asiodecho Masbiya Luchol Chayratzon. Taref doesn't just mean food. Taref also means a partial, partial quantity of food. The food that you grab. And again, going back to that first example, in the Pasuk in Noach, Hine Alezayis Taref Befiha, the Yonah didn't have an opportunity to take an entire portion, it just grabbed the branch that was um, suspended above the water. According to Chazal, Taref Nasan Lireyev reminds us that Whatever the Rabboni Shalom affords us in this world, it's a part, it's a segment, it's a fraction. This world isn't the primary sphere or the primary arena for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's retribution, rewards, treatment of humanity. Things happen in this world, the righteous suffer, the evil prosper, and hard for us to make sense, hard for us to reconcile. Taref Nasan Lirev Hashem supports those who seek Him, those who solicit him, but not in the full sweep or the full magnitude of what they deserve. And the final Pasuk of this three-part middle section seems to be, again, a generic Pasuk describing Vayizkar Lahem Briso Vayinachem Kirav Chasadav. Hashem recalls the bris and he has mercy and he affords us Chasid. So the first section of Zichronot is a four-layered description of different Brisos, different covenants throughout history. The second section, different experiences, our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which are determined by memory, are reliving those miraculous moments through the memory of these events on Chagim, receiving Hashem's food, Hashem remembering the covenant to let human beings live and to support human welfare and prosperity. The final section of Zechronos is very interesting. The final section of Zechronos is a bit of a transition, or even a transformation. We ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu on this day, not only to recall this bris or to that bris, in some clinical or theological manner. We seek on this day relationship, love, passion. The following three psukim describe our emotive, passionate deep-hearted relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the ability of man, as strange and as enigmatic as it sounds, and particularly of a Jew, to love and be loved by a transcendent, unknowable, unseeing, invisible God. And the ability for us to see that relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu within the context of our other love relationships as a human being. Haloch v'karasa, the Pasuk in Yermia says, v'aznei Shalayim leymar, ko'amar Hashem, I recall our love, our romance of that first generation 
following me blindly into the desert wilderness without care, without concern. The Gemara in Sanhedrin quotes the Machlokas whether the Doha Midbar actually receives Alam Haba because they committed grave crimes, but according to one position they do receive Alam Haba, even though they were routed from this world, because Hashem can never get past, can never overlook the Abbas Kalilasayach, the Chesed Nurayach. When you love that, that first love, you always feel deeply in your heart and your heartstrings. Chesed Nurayach, Abbas Kalilasayach. The Ramban claims, of course, that the Mazel, the zodiac for Elul, is a zodiac of Abbasullah, to remind us of the pending loving relationship which Elul would bring despite its enormity and despite its gravitas and the weight of Rosh Chodesh Tishrei and Rosh Hashanah it's a period of romance between God and people Ani Dodi, Vidodi Li the next Pasuk we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or the final Pasuk not just to see us as a lover, as a bride as a wife, as a romantic interest Haben Yakirli Ephraim is a child, as a plaything. Yelich Shashuim, a child you just can't keep your hands off of. You just keep playing with him. Hashem loves us so much as a child that he gives us nicknames. Yakir, Ephraim, Yelich Shashuim. He mentions us, his kishkis as it were. Awaken. Rachem Rachamenu Nuam Hashem. These are psukim which celebrate. Not just that Hashem recalls mathematically as it were, where we deserve a bris because of our Avos merit, because of the loyalty they showed, because of the commitment they displayed. But the passion that a human being, and in particular that a Jew, is able to summons and to express toward his God. One of the Yud Gimomidos is Rachum Vichanon. And in general, Rachum Vichanon are a team. They mean the same thing as the Gemara and Brachos on Davzayin claims. Afal Pi Hagon. These are levels of mercy and Rahman is extended to a person even though he may not deserve it. But what are the differences between Rachom and Chanon? So the Vilna Gon claimed, and based on several Psukim, that Rachom is this freely undeserved, freely distributed Rahmanas, but Chanon means Hashem doesn't just have pity on us, but He actually loves us and finds Chain. We find Chain and charm and we're, we're attractive to Hashem. Hashem covets us. Hashem should give chain and love and part of our dream is not just to perform tshuva and to be legally exonerated or legally acquitted but to return to that state where we are favorable and coveted and desirable in the eyes of Hashem because chait and sin and our fall from grace ultimately tarnishes who we are and distances us from the Rabboni So these are the three themes of Zechronos. The historical moments of covenant. The experiential, halachic, or even existential moments where we remember the miracles and Hashem remembers us and feeds us. And of course, the transitioning from these memories into a visceral, emotional relationship between husband and wife, between father and child, a relationship that underwrites our interaction with HaKadosh Baruch the final section of Musaf is a section of Shofaros, and to a degree, this is even harder to understand because the word itself, what does Shofarot mean? It means Shofarot. The other phrases add something. They add the element of Malchus to Shofarot, the element of Zechronos. What does the word Shofarot add that doesn't already exist in the Shofar? 
So the first and third section of this section of Shafarot, the first and third subse- subsections, are very similar. The sound of the shofar heralds the coming, the presence, the emergence of the Shekhinah. When we blow shofar in Rosh Hashanah, we are approaching the Shekhinah on Yom Hadin. And we cite Pesukim, which illustrate the association between the sound of the shofar and the arrival of the Shekhinah. The first three Pesukim, of course, describe the first moment in history when the sound of the shofar announced the arrival of the Shekhinah. There are three psukim taken from Parshas Yisra. Vahid bayom ha-shlishi biyos ha-boker, vahid kolos ifrakim v'anan kaveid al-ahar, v'yecharad kolom ha-shem ha-machaneh, they all quaked and feared because Hashem Shechina was there. Vahid kol ha-shafar ha-lech v'chazek ma'od, Moshe yidaber, v'alukim yanenu, Moshe spoke, Kodesh Baruch Hu replied, Shechina, v'chal ha-am ro'im es-ha-kolos v'yasalapidim, v'yaskol ha-shafar, v'yasahar ha-shein, v'yar am v'yanu, they saw and they moved, v'yamdu merachok, this is the first time that the shofar announced the arrival of the Mashiach. And that's why, in fact, the introduction to this section describes the scenery of Harsinai. You revealed yourself in your clouds of glory to speak to your nation. The entire world shook. And the entire creation was in some sort of cataclysmic state of, uh, of chaos. And this alludes to a deeper relationship between Rosh Hashanah and Matantara, or as we would call it, Rosh Hashanah and Shavuos. It's not just that they're each days of Gilei Shechina, and they're each days of the shofar blowing to announce that Gilei Shechina. We don't actually blow the shofar on Shavuos, but that original Vav Sivan, the shofar was blown. The full creation was only consummated on Vav Sivan. For 2,448 years, the world lay in suspended animation. Because if a nation or a people wouldn't accept God's will, there would be no purpose for this world, and the world would be returned to a state of oblivion, of mayhem. Rashi claims in Parshas Bereshis, Yom HaShishi, that even though the material world seemed to have been completed on the sixth day of creation, it was really suspended till a designated subsequent sixth day, the sixth day of Sivan, the day the Torah was given. So the fact that we recite Psukim describing Matan Torah on, Sh- on Rosh Hashanah, it's not just incidental because they're both days of Gila Shrina, but these Psukim remind us that Shavuos was, in many ways, the final Makya B'Patash, the final consummate, con- consummatory or, or final um, development and establishment of our world. That's why nature was in such a cataclysmic state. That's why everything shook and everything was 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 uh, trembling because the world was almost feeling the pulse of its new creation. Those are the first three psukim of Shofarot. The final three psukim of Shofarot describe the ultimate moment when the Shofar, the heavenly Shofar, will be once again sounded to announce the arrival of Mashiach and the end of history. Will signal the final chapter of history. The loud shofar will sound. And very similar to what I mentioned last week in the Shir of Malchus, we're returning to an earlier state. 
while we are um, yearning and waiting for the future state. We return to the state of Gile Shechina Harsinai, but we really covet and labor on behalf of the ultimate Gile Shechina during Yimaz HaMashiach. So Shofaros refers to the Gile Shechina aspect of the sound of the Shofar. However, there is a sub, sub-theme. And this sub-theme is evinced or evoked by one very important pasuk. Yitzhelem Kufnon. And it's a crucial, crucial statement, not just about the chauffeur's symbolism, but about Rosh Hashanah in general. Is Rosh Hashanah a day of fear, or is it a day of celebration? Is it a day of dread, or a day of honor and glory, because we celebrate God's monarchy and dominion? We all feel somewhat um, torn by those two opposing emotions. And in halacha, there are many, many issues which revolve around this, because Emotionally, we can obviously integrate the two emotions, but halachically, we have to make Kiddush a certain way and organize our liturgy in a certain fashion. So, for example, um, are you allowed to fast on Rosh Hashanah? Is it a day of fasting and fear and closure, or is it a day of confidence and joy and celebration? Shulchan Aruch Paskins, of course, that we should eat, and most of us do, although there was a minute according to some to fast. But he does claim that you should leave out one course. You shouldn't eat your full amount, only symbolically to demonstrate that it's not a day of levity, it's a day of gravitas, but celebration, and obviously emotionally, the two aren't separate, but the celebration comes from recognizing the enormity of the day, the sweeping panoramic nature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Malchus on this day, the imposition of God's dominion one day a year, when people are judged inevitably, whether they accept or reject HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And recognizing the sweep of this day, and yet on this day there is one nation, one people, who have been chosen, who recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Machos, who are attuned, who are Yodei Truah, who know what's occurring, that should give us great confidence, that should give us great joy. So the dread and the, the magnitude of the day, the heaviness of the day, produces the um, unparalleled simcha, not even simcha, but it's just glory and strength of character, strength of the day, and this, the joy that comes from incorporating that strength into your to your own religious identity. I mentioned before, according to the Rav, the shofar divests human presumption, human convention. We don't deserve anything. We're, we're quaking in fear. We're shrieking like an animal to be saved. But the shofar also represents beauty. It also represents music. It also represents orchestral enhancement to our tefillos. It is literally a form of halal and a form of dance, because if we shake and fear for our future, and the shofar captures that, the bestial cry of an animal, we also sing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, express our appreciation of everything this day is, and how we are chosen to be authors of this day. And the role of the shofar as praise, as song, as dance, is captured by this pasuk, in Telem Kufnun. Hallelujah, Berkia Uzo. Hallelujah, Bigvur Osav. Hallelujah, Kurov Gudlo. Hallelujah, Beseka Shofar. Hallelujah, Ben Evel the Chinar. Hallelujah, Besofu Machal. Hallelujah, Beminu Viugav. Hallelujah, Betzilzalai Shama. We praise Hashem with this Tzilzalai Tirua, with the sound of the Trua, Beteka Shofar, by blowing the Shofar. In fact, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah derives the number 10. Why do we recite 10 Psokim? Why ten, not nine? Of all, Malchiyot, Zechronet, and Shofar. And the fact that there are ten Hallels in this parak, which talks about the Shofar and the Shofar's role in an overall orchestral music in the Beis HaMikdash. 
So the shofar in Rosh Hashanah is not just a animal cry, a shriek of survival. It's also an attempt to enhance and enrich the human voice with art, with beauty, with music, fully, as best as we can, as best as human being can, to best celebrate the glory and the beauty of this day and of Hashem's Malchus. Tehillim Perak Mem Zayin, a Perak we recite seven times before we blow the shofar, Zamra Lokim Zameru, Zamra Lomakinu Zameru, Kimelech Kalaretz Lokim Zamru Maskil. We're singing to Hashem. We're blowing the shofar. It's an act of beauty. It's a sound of enhancement. And as the final Pasuk in Shofaros exclaims, a Pasuk taken from Parshat Balazcha, Uvayom Simchaschem, Uvamoadechem, Uvroshechachachachem, Uzgatem Bechatzatzos, Alalazechem, Vyazav Cheshalmechem, Vayulachem Lazikaron, Lefne Elorechem, Yani Hashem Elorechem. We blow the shofar on days of joy, on days of celebration, on a simcha, on a moed, on Rosh Chodesh. So, the section of shofaros really captures two themes. One theme, Giloy Shechina, first felt at Har Sinai, ultimately to be experienced once again through the heralding sound of the shofar in Achris Hayamim, Mimotz HaMashiach, Amir Hashem. The second theme is the theme of Hala. Hallelujah, Biseka Shofar, the joy alongside of the dread. The confidence alongside of the trembling. Everyone should be zelcha to a kasiva, v'chasim atova, lano u'lechalam misrael. Then indeed, we should hear, we ask the Kodesh Baruch Hu, so many generations, so many years we've blown the shofar. So many Rosh Hashanahs, so many Jews, who had so many contexts have been mostly nefesh to blow the shofar, the least you can do for us is to finally blow one shofar, one little shofar, on behalf of Am Yisrael, and redeem us from history, and redeem history in the process.